0: Right now on Matter of Fact, is COVID here to stay?
1: Does your picture of the future look like a scenario where we talk about COVID like we talk about a very bad cold or a a mild, manageable flu?
0: A leading scientist shares what's working and what's not when it comes to combating the virus. And he's been missing for more than two years and his family is desperately seeking answers. I know that 100 percent of Jonathan was white, this whole case would have been completely different. Why thousands of cases of missing black people remain unsolved for so long.
2: Plus... The whole history of the civil rights movement may have been different, but so, floated so did
0: The rarely told story of a civil rights trailblazer.
1: i O'Brien, welcome to Matter of Fact. The world is in the grip of Omicron. In the first week of the year, there were 2 million new coronavirus cases reported around the world every day. That news is piling on to an already overwhelmed public, making us ask if we're at the beginning of something new or at the beginning of the end of the pandemic. Dr. Caitlin Jedelina is an epidemiologist at the University of Texas Health Science Center at Houston. She's the founder and author of Your Local Epidemiologist. It's a newsletter with about 400,000 subscribers. So nice to see you. Thank you for talking with me. I have so many friends at this moment who are are sick, but they're vaxxed and boosted. And some people are
3: saying, well, if you're sick and you're vaccinated, then that is a failure. We got really um, lucky in the beginning of this pandemic that these vaccines worked really well against infection. Unfortunately, that's not the case right now. This virus is becoming a lot more infectious and it's able to escape some of the first lines of defense we have. Infection is not the primary reason for vaccines. The primary reason is to keep people out of hospitals and not dying. And the vaccines are doing really well at that right now.
1: As the virus mutates, you know, there are more and more variants. Does it get weaker? All those
3: mutations are random. A really high proportion of them are mutations that don't affect the ability, the virus's ability to be severe or to make it more transmissible. But once in a while, the virus will acquire a mutation that gives it advantage, will make it more transmissible. Um, And we don't know if that next mutation is going to be more severe or not. It certainly can be, but it is random. And we'll kind of just have to see where this virus takes us next.
1: I'm shocked that the testing is as bad as it is.
3: For the num- number of years now, we've been in the middle of this, am I wrong? You know, testing has been the most underutilized tool in this pandemic. And you know, we can't have a vaccine only strategy in the United States. That's not gonna get us out of a pandemic. We have to have this layered approach, which I feel as epidemiologists have been shouting from rooftops for two years now. We could have entered this Omicron wave with a ton of tests, with them free, easily accessible, but that didn't happen. And so we are hurting right now. We are. And it's pretty incredible that almost 20, you know, what, one month later, we're still in this.
1: Does your picture of the future look like the pandemic sort of just becoming endemic? Again, a a scenario where we talk about COVID like. We talk about a very bad cold or a a mild,
3: manageable flu. Yeah, you know, the future is going to be endemic. Um, And, you know, we know that COVID 19 is becoming milder, not necessarily because it's mutating that direction, but just because of our immunity. Um, This immunity, both vaccine induced and even infection induced, dampens disease by shortening the time of infection, reducing the amount of virus in your nasal passageway, and reducing symptoms and disease. The other thing that I think we're gonna start slowly seeing is that we're starting to start seeing the seasonality. So we know coronaviruses, other ones, are seasonal. Um, They pick up in the winter and they drop down in the summer, just like we see with the flu. And I really think we're gonna start seeing that with COVID-19 but hopefully the rest of the, the the year is relatively mild. Dr. Caitlin Detelina
1: joining us. Thank you so much. Your newsletter is, is terrific. Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Coming up, he disappeared more than two years ago. His family says police don't care enough to solve the case.
4: A missing dog. The police posted that 45 days after Jonathan went missing, um, and they had not posted anything about him they didn't really care. He's just another black boy.
0: And before Rosa Parks, there was Claudette Colvin.
5: love you! thank you!
0: The story of a civil rights champion overlooked for decades. To stay up to date with Matter of Fact, sign up for our newsletter at matteroffact.tv.
1: In 2019, a worried and frustrated family held a news conference pleading for the Oakland Police Department to investigate the disappearance of their 19-year-old son and brother, Jonathan Bandabela. Jonathan had been missing for nearly three weeks. Well fast forward more than two and a half years and still no answers. The cases of missing black people remain unsolved four times longer than those of white people. These unsolved cases are the focus of my new four-part HBO documentary series, Black and Missing, on HBO and HBO Max. It's a topic so important to me I'm serving as executive producer of the series. Here's Jonathan's story.
4: It was a Friday when he left. He was going to go to Los Angeles because they had like a soccer tournament there. He said, I'm gonna call you on Sunday. And then when Sunday came, I did not get that call from him. That's when my heart started pouring. So I said, okay, we need to, you know, call around, see, you know, if he's in a jail or something. We called, we called, and they said he wasn't in any jail and he was in a hospital. So that's when we filed the missing person's report. And then comes Tuesday, they told us that uh, they found his car by the San Mateo Bridge. CHP California Highway Patrol received a few anonymous independent 911 calls of a vehicle with the hazard lights off blocking the slow lane with a person standing outside of the vehicle and CHP sent officers and they closed that call within 20 minutes as an abandoned vehicle not even a suspicious circumstance or a welfare check and it doesn't dawn on anybody to search the water for this person and they tow the car within an hour. The original mistakes were made by CHP, but then when the responsibility of the missing persons report was in the hands of Oakland Police Department, it sits on a desk for a few days until it was assigned to the detective. And we all know in the field that the first 72 hours are the most critical.
5: In missing and abducted persons cases, time is absolutely your enemy. The evidence is is fleeting. Jonathan gone missing on Friday and we weren't notified of the report till Tuesday so by then you've passed uh, three at least three days my
4: husband my family have to be calling just to get some kind of information anything that they have learned and whenever we call no there's nothing there's nothing new there's nothing new there's nothing new
5: I do feel
0: that um, my parents being immigrants had a factor of how they responded to them. I know that 100% of Jonathan was white. This whole case would have been completely different. I probably would even be sitting here right now.
4: There was no press release for weeks. The family did a vigil. Oakland did not send a representative. They did not contact the media. A missing dog. The police posted that 45 days after Jonathan went missing. Um, and they had not posted anything about him. They didn't really care. He's just another black boy. Yeah,
5: I can pull it up too.
4: When we first started the organization,
2: there were more missing black men than there were black women. Yet their cases are treated much differently. Oftentimes they're criminalized. They're being labeled as thugs. Law enforcement, they're simply not taking the police reports. And it has caused a huge disservice in our community, especially when we're trying to nail down the actual number of missing persons.
4: This is every parent's worst nightmare. You hear it on the news, you never think it'll happen to you. So just keep it in your prayers, keep hope. Keep your word out there. Keep his face and his name out there. Please. Don't forget him.
1: (laughs) The family is appealing to California's governor, Gavin Newsom, asking him to investigate the California Highway Patrol's handling of the case. When we come
0: back, she was arrested at 15, when she refused to give up her seat on the bus.
5: I said, history had me glued to the sea.
0: How this young girl's courage led to the end of segregation, and they fled to the U.S. when the Taliban took over their country. Now months later, they are in limbo, living wherever they can.
5: Someone called me from a hotel saying we're eight families, and so we're here in an extended stay.
1: Plessy, it's a familiar name for those who know about the Supreme Court ruling in Plessy versus Ferguson. Back in 1892, Plessy, a racially mixed shoemaker, was arrested in New Orleans for boarding a whites-only train car. He was convicted of violating the Louisiana Separate Car Act. His appeal eventually made its way to the Supreme Court, where the doctrine, separate but equal, was upheld. That justified segregation everywhere. Well now, nearly a century after Plessy's death, Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards pardoned Plessy and expunged his record. Other civil rights activists are asking for their criminal records to be cleared as well. Our correspondent Diane Roberts traveled to Montgomery, Alabama, where 82-year-old Claudette Colvin is finally receiving justice.
2: History casts a long shadow in Montgomery This capital city is synonymous with the bus boycotts so integral to the civil rights movement. Nine months before Rosa Parks became the symbol of resistance, a young 15-year-old girl named Claudette Colvin was riding the bus home from high school when the driver ordered her to give up her seat to a white woman.
5: I had a light blue sweater and a dark blue skirt. I never forget that.
2: Handcuffed by police and forcibly removed from the bus, Colvin was arrested for keeping the seat she paid for.
5: History had me glued to the seat. I said it felt as though Harriet Tubman was pushing me down on one shoulder, and sojourner Truth hands were pushing me down on another.
2: As she recounts in her book, Twice Toward Justice, the arrest was a traumatic experience. Then they put me back in the car and drove me to the city jail, the adult jail. Someone led me straight to a cell without giving me any chance to make a phone call. He opened the door and told me to get inside. He shut it hard behind me and turned the key. Then I fell down on my knees in the middle of the cell and started crying again. I didn't know if anyone knew where I was or what had happened to me. Colvin's school friends got the word out and Colvin's mother got help with bail and rescued the teen. Claudette's arrest provided a much needed opportunity for a civil rights movement in need of legal victory. It all started on a bus in Montgomery, Alabama at this very spot. Claudette Colvin and others were plaintiffs in a lawsuit that challenged the constitutionality of Montgomery's bus segregation laws. It went all the way to the Supreme Court and Fred Gray was their lawyer.
5: The whole
2: history of the Civil Rights Movement may have been different, but for Claudette Colvin, Don't underestimate what an individual can do, even though they're 15 years old. On November 13, 1956, the Supreme Court ruled the segregation laws in Montgomery were unconstitutional. <laughs> At 82, Claudette Colvin is in the spotlight again. In late October, her attorneys filed papers at the Montgomery County courthouse, asking the courts to expunge her arrest record and clear her name. Colvin has been on indefinite probation for nearly 70 years. Now, an Alabama judge has cleared her name. As Colvin says, granting justice long overdue. I guess you
5: can say that now I'm no, more, uh, no
3: longer
2: a <laughs> It's a footnote added to civil rights history where the lives of pioneers Parks and Colvin will be forever intertwined. December 1st is Rosa Parks Day in Montgomery, celebrating the mother of the civil rights movement. March 2nd is Claudette Colvin Day. A history told in the mural at the entrance to Colvin's old neighborhood, where Colvin's youthful act of courage meets her present victory.
4: This says you are never too young or old to make a difference. That's powerful.
2: In Montgomery, I'm Diane Roberts for Matter of Fact.
1: Diane's report is part of our latest listening tour, Promises of Change, featuring guests like workers' rights icon, Dolores Huerta, and Crystal Echo-Hawk, an advocate for Native Americans in the media. Watch the Matter of Fact listening tour, Promises of Change, on
5: matteroffact.tv.
0: When we come back.
5: These families have served us. They have served the government. We need to be there for them. Are
0: Afghan refugees getting the welcome the nation promised?
1: Welcome back to Matter of Fact. You remember the pictures, thousands of Afghans fleeing their country last August as America pulled its remaining troops out of Afghanistan and the Taliban took over. Many Afghans came to the U.S. hoping to find a new and safer life. In September, our correspondent Laura Chavez visited the Dallas-Fort Worth Refugee Outreach Services. She talked with the founder, Zinat Khan, about what the Afghan families needed in the early stages of resettlement. In just the past three months, Khan's organization has gone from helping 500 families to helping more than 850. Time and money are running out for Afghan evacuees, surviving on a one-time payment of a little over $2,000 from the U.S. government. As Enat Khan tells us, the
5: biggest challenge facing those families now is housing. Someone called me from a hotel saying we're eight families and we're here an extended stay. And I was like, OK. And they're like, by the way, we are 55 people in the eight families. So it seems like every hotel have one or two or 10 or 15 families. It's just a matter of finding out that they're there. We are continuously trying to reach out to the caseworker, but it's just been so difficult and so uh, impossible at this time. Um, and then, of course, now with the pandemic, a lot of, uh, again, you know, the lack of volunteers or the coordinators and even the mentors who are willing to come out. These families have served us. They have served the government. They have served the, they are our allies. Uh, we need to be there for them.
1: You can see Laura's full report on Afghan resettlement in Texas at matteroffact.tv. Coming up,
0: get a sneak peek at what happens when HGTV meets Matter of Fact in Detroit.
1: Finally, a look ahead at what we're working on for next week. It's matter-of-fact meets HGTV as our correspondent, Jessica Gomez, heads to Detroit to talk to the couple behind the show Bargain Block. Keith Bynum and Evan Thomas are renovating run-down homes while living in them. But their mission is about more than home design. Only about half of the people in Detroit own their homes. I had no idea that there was a whole massive population of the U.S., that has major issues, just getting a normal mortgage for a very low-priced house, right? We'll take a closer look at their efforts in Detroit and what they've learned about inequities in mortgage lending. Plus, a behind-the-scenes look at their hit HGTV show. That's it for this edition of Matter of Fact. I'm Soledad O'Brien, and I'll see you back here next week.
0: If you missed our top stories on what a leading scientist says we can expect from COVID, a young black man missing for years, and why his family says police have not done enough, the young woman who paved the way for civil rights activists, and the latest on Afghan families trying to settle in this country, go to matteroffact.tv. And listen to Matter of Fact with Soledad O'Brien on your favorite podcast provider. Watch us during the week on FYI, Pluto, and YouTube.